0: To Two Girls One Podcast, a virtual paradise where you can live out your greatest fantasies. Assuming your fantasies are hearing about which house plant in Allie's apartment has googly eyes on it. And now, here are your hosts who are already on their fourth or fifth life, as it is Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. <laughs>
1: Hello everyone. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. There's also somebody here named Matt, but whatever. Uh welcome to Two Girls One Podcast. no,
2: no. no let's, I... let's not what? gloss over this actually because we played a prank on Matt very recently and uh I believe uh there is some collateral in the Discord. So if you want to learn more about Matt, you can visit <laughs> discord.gg/2g1p. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, yes. Jennifer. Yes. Oh, okay. Come on, girl. Let's do this. Oh, well, I, poll- uh, I got to pull up. I got I got to pull up your files. Yeah. Who was that? Was that me? I don't that, even know. That was you.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, All right. You don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: Well, <laughs> I like that character. So Allie and I are performers uh, who sometimes do funny voices just like that. Um, we had a, a live comedy show called Blog Logs, where we use the internet as our script and we performed Reddit threads and Craigslist posts thinking, who could these people be? Why are they saying these words? We then made a web series called Two Girls, One Show, which you can find on hoo And in that uh, series, we interview people behind internet posts and then going, Scripted Adventures. And here we are today with Two Girls, One Podcast, still looking at the internet, uh, digging into communities and phenomena that we find interesting through interviews. Welcome. We're so happy that you're here. And today, we just keep taking it to the next level. So I didn't know this existed.
2: Dally, did you? <laughs> no, but you, you know I'm fucking excited about this one. <laughs> yeah, well, tell them, tell them what's going on. No, go for it, Jen. Go for it. You're on a roll. You're doing great. (laughs) Why? (laughs) And you you know, you know, I'm going to get overly excited. I'm going to go on forever. I think you're going to do a better job. Mm. I'll start strong. Okay, here we go.
1: So (laughs) have you all heard of Second Life, a video game that's been around for some time? Probably, right? You know, I'm not really a gamer, but even I am familiar with Second Life a little bit.
2: Wait, I didn't think it was a video game. Is it? It was like you go hang out in VR, but maybe it's a video game because I have no idea. I'm genuinely asking: Is this a video game?
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great question. I mean, uh, it depends who you ask. Uh, uh, it's okay. It's it's not. I would say, as someone who loves and studies video games, that it, it 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 is, but is not a traditional video game. It's more of a virtual. It's a virtual world. Great. Started okay. in 2003, wow. guys. 2003. 16 years ago. That's right going we should My talk gosh. to those
2: founders because because also i gotta hand it to them they've like survived usually the yeah. pioneers off often they're like they they do all the blood and sweat they fail because it's too early and then someone else comes and makes the same fucking thing right right, right.
0: This or is name Dugger. one name one tech product social network website or other video game that has been around 16 years and still going strong very strong
3: Craigslist. Facebook.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Craigs- Craigslist absolutely is a great example. Uh, Facebook was later than that or, or no, around that time. College yeah, th- around that it's time. It's
2: been a long time, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Jen and I just wanted you to know that we went to college. But-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Second Life is home to a community of sex workers. So within Second Life, there is this place called the Monarchy in particular. There there are different clubs, but we're going to be focusing on the Monarchy today. It's a members-only strip club and brothel uh, that charges really the highest prices of all of the venues like this in second life. So we're talking to the owner creator of the club today, and also somebody who works there uh, to hear what is going on. We're gonna need a lot of background information, but then we're also just gonna get into the nitty gritty of like, how does this work? How do you get paid? What are you doing in there? (laughs) How do we sign up? Uh, Yeah, and how do we sign up? Um, I need some cash.
0: (laughs) Okay, sign up as clients or as, as employees? Great question.
2: um, Performers. Okay. (laughs) We found this just
1: to mention through an interesting video uh, called Inside Second Life's Most Expensive Brothel. If you Google that or you go to YouTube and look for that, uh, you will find it by somebody named Quentin Smith. uh, And it gives you a really thorough rundown of this as well. So check that out.
2: I believe Matt found this one, which is interesting. I
0: did. Yeah. It was. uh, dirty.
2: Dirty piece of shit. I was it's looking usually for some, bar-
0: some brothels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, It's a fantastic YouTube channel called People Make Games, which goes behind, usually talks to developers of games and such. But this video was shared on uh, a popular video game subreddit that I subscribed to. And people were just like, had the same reaction as we are. Like, oh my God, A, this is amazing. B, what is Second Life in 2020? Like, this is a 16 year old virtual world and what's notable about this which i am dying to to learn today is like this world was became on the scene and people began like you can create 3d models so it's like hey i want to own a guitar in second life i need to not like minecraft where you like put two objects together and like boom you crafted an object like you have to sculpt and mold in three dimensions you could to create something and if you can't do that because it's highly technical you can pay someone in real money to make things for you so people have houses real estate objects clearly they have places of employment brothels where custom objects are made and services are rendered for in-game currency which you can then cash out for real money and so these are people making a living doing crazy cool shit in second life and i fucking love this stuff
1: i'm so no. curious to know like the levels of like is this Text. Are you texting? Are you doing voice? It, does it ever get to video? Like. How, what, what, yeah, how, how much, I, I don't know. I want to know everything. Also, the avatars <laughs> are really fascinating. And in the video that you sent us, Matt, I know Mila, who we're talking to today, mentioned that these are curvier, <laughs> I think those were her, her words, than usual avatars. So I'm, I'm really interested to hear too, like how that came about and what the standard is in Second Life. So mm-hmm. who's going there? Somebody else uh, in this video mentioned that uh, they sometimes get non-human customers. So what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like, I don't know, uh, some sort of animal or like, I don't know if it's like a furry or if it's a, uh, I,
0: I don't know. <laughs> oh,
2: maybe it's going into other kin. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, other kin for our listeners are, um, people who believe that they are animals. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm sure is part of this, but also similar to our chats, uh, our interviews about VR chat, like. If you want to be a sexy anime lady, you can be that. If you want to be a Bugs Bunny, you can be that. Like You can be anything you want and then clearly partake in these services as anything you want with whomever you want, which is part of the, the virtualness of these spaces, right?
1: that seems very particular to a virtual space. And I'm interested to hear more.
2: (laughs) Wow. I mean, I guess the dudes are just jerking off while they wander through this brothel and talk to these, but like, I think of of a brothel as you're going to have sex. And until there's VR and tactile suits, that's not what's happening. But seriously, I've been saying it. VR is going to make the next pandemic sick. <laughs> Puns intended. What
0: do you what do you call it? I'm, I'm the 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 term is escaping me. Uh, cyber sex has cyber been sex. a thing since chat rooms, and people have been doing that since chat rooms. So yeah, clearly, just that's just be leveling
2: that up. But I do think yeah, you baby. can escalate to like webcam. But mm-hmm. I think I'm not kidding. I would love to go like create an avatar and be a sex worker there for like an hour. Nobody has to know that I have the body of a 14 year old boy (laughs) It's an interesting question Because
1: I know Ali you've said about being a voyeur That you're like the ultimate voyeur And I know you've done some IRL things You know watching (laughs) or whatever Um, So like where does this fall in the realm of like When you participate but it's your avatar Are you doing it or are you a voyeur?
2: (laughs) (sighs) It's a great question and I yeah. don't know the answer, but I think it would be a fascinating hour.
0: Yeah. This video is what this is of like, this is a, a, a games journalist commentator who knew nothing about this culture and then went into Second Life. He didn't just interview her. He went into, the sec- into Second Life, into the brothel and became a customer or, and, and participated in everything. And that's what made this video great. And we'll hear from Mila, of course. But I want to take it back and ask you guys this. Uh, forget the brothel for a minute. This, this is sec- this is second life. You can be anything, do anything. You can fly. You can make music. You can build a mansion. Like whatever you want to do, you can play inside this virtual space and do it. What do you do? What's your character? What's your dream? What what, what is this alternate life that you that you personally would lead?
2: I would have a thousand puppies and bacon every day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I don't know. I, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna come. I'm gonna put a pin in it. I'm going to answer that after our interview at the end
0: of the show. Fair enough. All right, I like that.
2: Can I be a rock star? Jen, you could be anything. I,
0: I guess <laughs> I, like I I am very confident that you can create and buy musical instruments and play music and form bands inside and play for money like as a as a band. Like I'm I'm confident that's in Second Life. No yeah.
1: doubt. Yeah. Maybe I would I think I would do that. But then I would question, like, if I would do that in Second Life, why wouldn't I just form a band in
2: real life? <laughs> but- yeah, that's mm-hmm. the thing. is like, yeah, most of the weird shit I want to do, I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, sorry, what were you going to say, Jen? No, no.
1: So I'm just thinking, should it be something like a little, not that I'm going to be a rock star in real life, but it should Should it be something like even crazier, like... <laughs> That requires like wealth, you know, I don't know, like watching this video, it seems that some, they show like some of the houses people live in and they're like multiple bear rugs, uh, bear skin rugs and things like that. I don't, I don't want that, but like <laughs> you can live outside of your means, it seems like. So maybe I would do something right. like that where I would like have a yacht or
0: uh, but own that an airplane. Take, but- yeah. What's interesting to me is like that takes work in the game. So in yes. order to acquire the funds and resources, you have to play a lot of Second Life. I've been thinking a lot about this lately of like especially in the ter- in in context of Animal Crossing of like there's two kinds of Animal Crossing players, which and the game is about making your house nice and furnishing. And one is like I'm playing Animal Crossing and I'm making my house pretty much exactly the way my real house is. Like, I have a nice living room. I have a music studio. I have a cool kitchen with nice appliances. And then there's other people who play Animal Crossing and they make their house like Hogwarts from Harry (laughs) Potter. They're living in a (laughs) fantasy world. That is the answer. (laughs) And I think forming a band in a virtual world and playing and really being committed to it with other people or whatever who are all over the world is safer in a lot of ways than doing it in real life because doing it in real life is fucking scary as hell and you probably can't make a living at it and so in the virtual space you can work your normal job and live your life and make your money and pay your rent but then at night you go online and you're playing a music club and if it's not that good or, you're, or you fail at it or whatever, like who fucking cares like you're an, av- you're an avatar like there's no embarrassment right
2: yeah because not everyone can be this <laughs>
0: We've already done this. <laughs>
4: Come on. Ali's producing
1: on. this podcast now.
4: <laughs> oh, there we go. There we
2: go. Yes, now we're we'll get getting into is. Pinball Wizard by Matt Silverman <laughs> and also the musical Tommy. <laughs>
0: Yes, I wrote that song. Oh, oh yeah. It's
2: good. it's good. It's good. Okay, okay. I'll fade it out. I'll fit it out. I gotta choose better clips. I got my clips ready. You're gonna be ready. You're gonna be queued up.
0: Thanks for fading in and out, though. That's professional. <sighs> God, you're she's welcome. a good fader. You're <laughs> welcome.
2: That's what like you've always told me. Al, you're really good at fading out. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so, you know, this this whole thing actually reminds me of Finn Dom, which I wanna say on the podcast because if anyone knows Anyone out there practicing findom? That is an interview we've wanted to do for a long time. This kind of reminds me of findom because findom, apparently, you're like dominating men mostly for their money, and you don't have to ever actually meet them. <laughs>
1: well, well, mm-hmm. this might happen today because oh, apparently shit. there is some oh, degree shit. of findom happening with the monarchies. Yeah. So, okay, we will find out about it. But Mila has spoken about this before, so we got to see.
0: Uh, my last point, by extension, is like obviously. This is safer and more comfortable for certain kinds of people who would never go to a brothel in real life or are prohibited to do so uh, because of laws in their country. Uh-huh. And so, while it's safer to be a rock band in Second Life, it's safer to go to a brothel in Second Life. And that makes a lot of sense to me as someone who enjoys video. You know, I, I can't shoot up a, a squadron of TIE fighters in real life. So, I'm going to do that in a video game because it's fucking awesome. And so, you know. Living the, living the fantasy, right?
5: Right.
1: Yeah. There's a fuck ton of violence in video games, so I think it's pretty cool that we're also having a lot of sex now on <laughs> <in> video games. <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> virtual worlds. Um, yeah. It's the right. only place
2: we can. Although, <laughs> speaking of sex, can we please discuss, really quickly, the New York City official guidelines for sex during coronavirus? You know, oh
4: I, I haven't yes. looked yet,
2: and I'm so sorry I
1: haven't. So you're going to have to tell us some of it. I don't
2: have it pulled up for a dramatic read, but basically it recommends getting creative and perhaps using walls. Now, oh. I understand glory holes. What are the other ways that you can fuck creatively using walls in such a way that you don't transmit coronavirus? Well,
1: I have to see how they word it. They literally say like, use a wall. And this is, so it's like, if you're dating, you don't know the person well, you're coming into contact with them early on. This is how you should be having sex? Is that what they're saying?
2: I'm just saying, New York City released official guidelines on fucking Doran, the Doran Rona. And uh, I need to come up (laughs) with a catchier phrase for that. But basically, they recommended walls and getting creative. Uh, There's more to it. I read the document. It was very late. It was a couple nights ago. I believe I texted. To you, Jen. I'm not sure, but it's uh, it.
0: it's well. They it's literally great. say wear it's- a mask, wear a mask, and it's like if if you are having intercourse with somebody, what the fuck does a mask? <laughs> What is a mask going to do?
2: Um, it's a pretty woman move, so basically like you're allowed to fuck, but you shouldn't make out. I think basically New York is recommending doggy style. That's the official recommendation. Uh, okay. Like right. that's what's <laughs> happening. <Okay>. Great. <laughs> Check.
4: It's so Aww. good. It's just it's
2: sort of like it's sort of like your like weird uncle who's like trying to be cool. You know what I mean? It's like, hey kids, like you can still bone. You just have to get creative. Like it's- Wait, I just <laughs> yeah. found what you're saying. It says one of their Give recommendations
1: literally this is a government document they say make it make it a little kinky be creative with sexual positions and physical barriers like walls that allow sexual contact while preventing close face-to-face contact i think they mean like a like a plexiglass screen or something like we get at stores (laughs) now but like not at the general area
2: (laughs) you're getting creative jen and i like it thanks I like it. This yeah, and no, you're right. It's an official government document, and that makes me wonder, like, how many people sat around in a room and de- oh, a virtual room, and debated the wording. Yeah. R- yes. They also use the word <laughs> <You know>? "rimming." <laughs>
0: Oh, oh my do god read it. do read
2: that Does section it? come on
1: what well, just says rimming might spread the virus virus and feces may enter your mouth and could lead to infection
2: oh all guys. right guys no awesome. looking assholes during the coronavirus <laughs> you can fuck in unusual or kind of normal positions glory holes are okay what else we uh-huh. got jen uh, i'm
0: right. also hearing very clearly that fursuits full full yeah. mask ah, or full head went
2: the same place fursuits are good furries you can keep fucking yeah, yeah we totally. should write our own guidelines. I like that. Oh this. my okay. gosh, we should. This <laughs> would be of it, way so, more detailed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, let's so right. do some we, trivia. We got to get to awesome. our
0: we got to get to our guests, and we got to get to our trivia. Oh, Today's yeah. episode is about Second Life. I, you know me. I love virtual worlds. I love virtual economies. I love the communities that form there, and I love when brands get in there. You know, I love when government agencies get in there. Today's trivia in two thousand eight. What U.S. government agency created its own island in Second Life and for what nefarious purpose? Or not nefarious, maybe normal purpose. I have three choices. A, the Department of Housing and Urban Development purchased 360 square kilometers of land, making one Second Life landlord rich and evicting many residents. They then used it to test The layout of a theoretical recession-proof Detroit. That's choice A. (laughs) Okay. Choice B. NASA built a planetarium complete with high-resolution images from the Hubble Space Telescope in order to combat many calls to defund the space program. That is choice B. Choice C. The IRS built a career center... Which included a NASCAR style racetrack in order to save money on job recruitment costs. <laughs>
2: what? Sometimes I wish you could see my face when you read these. <laughs> what is it? It's like perplexed emoji? Just, what? I don't. It's just like, uh, there's a lot of, it's like twitching almost. Like, what? I, <laughs> 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 um, okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: As much as I love to envision like new NASCAR employees like driving around in NASCAR style races, like I don't know, love working for the IRS or whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna say no
2: to C. Is that wrong? Yeah. I'm gonna
0: go just, with it. just wait, just to yeah, clarify, yeah, yes. it's it's not NASCAR. It's the IRS.
1: Yes, yes. Is
0: it made a racetrack?
1: Right. Right. To, to okay. like
0: be cool and recruit people.
1: That's a really funny idea. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with A. I like the idea. Detroit, I know, has gone through a lot of uh, uh, with, um, you know, new things that are being built there. What's the word I'm looking for? Revitalization in the last Mm -hmm. number of years. So that seems Mm
0: -hmm. to be maybe correct.
2: Yeah, I was going to go with A as well, but for diversification, I'm going to go with B.
0: Okay. A and B. We will find out the correct answer after this commercial break.
2: Hello again, everybody.
1: We wanted to take a quick moment here to thank our Patreon supporters at the $10 level or more. Uh, Really, truly thank you for spending your hard-earned dough on us, (laughs) especially in a time when there are a lot more worthy causes to be supporting. So um, special thanks to Chris Harrison, Jerry
2: Duran, Jessica Fox, Melissa Elliott, James Dozier, Christopher Latch, Kathy Phillips, and... William. That's right. He's just... <laughs> just William. As I said before, he's Madonna, he's Beyonce, he's just William. To us, you are all of those things. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, all of you, even those that have last names.
0: And <laughs> now a real post entitled, Upset with my neighbor's Wi-Fi name. Hi, Leroy from Preston, from your conservative uncle's favorite tech support forum. Next door, courtesy
4: of Best of Next Door. Hi all. Now, we all use devices to connect to the internet and whatnot. And uh, my grandkids come over and use their phones and iPads too. Well, the other day, my grandson went to connect to the Wi-Fi and our neighbor's router name is All Cops Are Buttholes. Now, my wife and I are very upset because he started crying and we had to explain to him that indeed, all cops are not buttholes, etc., and it's just generally a rude thing to broadcast is there any way I could possibly block this signal or possibly call the non-emergency police and have them go over and give them a stern warning. I bet they wouldn't like to hear about a network named All Cops or Buttholes. Any ideas, guys? You know who that guy is?
2: Who? He's a k C-Aaron. Oh. Wait, why did you separate it like that? Because it's like A-A-R-O-N, like a guy's mm-hmm. name. Oh, mm-hmm. Aaron. Oh, hey, mm-hmm. A. yeah.
0: First initial yeah. K, last name Aaron. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. he's K-Aaron. Yeah, for
0: okay.
3: sure. mhm <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right uh, what
0: what what's the trivia matt let's get real what's the deal <laughs> what government what's agency the
4: deal government what's the deal with
0: second life mm-hmm. uh 2008 this was okay so we established that second life was created in 2003 a good a good many years into the life cycle of second life 2008 what u.s government agency created its own island and for what purpose? A, the Department of Housing and Urban Development built a theoretical Detroit there. Uh, who went with A? Allie? No, Jen.
1: Jen. Allie was going to go with A, but I. yeah. Yeah, Got diversification. Yeah. Jen went
0: with A. Uh, and then uh, Allie diversified into B, NASA, building a planetarium, which seems a, like a very NASA thing to do, I think.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Or C, the IRS built a recruitment center, including a racetrack to save money on uh, job prospecting costs. Sticking with those answers?
1: Yes, indeed.
0: Uh The correct answer is C, the IRS got (laughs) in the Second Life game in 2008.
1: No way.
0: Frank Stipe, who was, this is a legit job title at the IRS, the virtual worlds and social networking project manager at the irs told multiple media outlets in 2008 or maybe in a press release that a lot of places picked up quote in the physical world we could spend hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars on sponsoring a race car that displays our brand in a field with 30 or more other cars in the second life virtual world we have spent a few thousand dollars to to build A complete entertainment and communications venue that includes a race course. IRS branding throughout the venue not only displays our messaging, but it also instantly dispenses marketing collateral and links to our careers website. (laughs) They literally thought that they could recruit Second Life players to become IRS workers. No word on if it was successful. Did it work? Yeah, how'd the campaign go? What was the ROI? I assume it did not pay out, pay <laughs> off for them because I did not find any follow-up of like, hey, we did it kind of mm. articles. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, God damn it. <laughs> God damn
1: it. All <sighs> right, folks. Well, it is time to get into our interview. We are so excited to have our guests with us today. That's right. There are two of them. Please welcome to the show... Mila Vanderbilt, the creator and owner of The Monarchy, uh, which is the club that we're looking at today in Second Life, and Raina, general staff manager. Welcome.
5: Hello. Thank you. (laughs)
3: Super
1: excited to be here! <laughs> Great. Um, so we wanted to start just a little broad, um, because I know some of our listeners might not be very familiar with Second Life. So and also, those... we aren't very
2: familiar. With Life. <laughs> uh,
1: I wasn't going to say that, but yeah. Um, so for those of us who are not initiated, uh, would you please just give us a really basic primer of Second Life, like what it is, generally how it works, and how we're very interested to know, how do people make real money?
3: <laughs> oh yeah absolutely so um Second Life is a pretty old I guess platform I think a lot of people some people look at it as a game because you can come here and you can play almost like a life simulation situation um but for a lot of people it is kind of a social platform where you can meet people where you can go to performances where you can create content um like virtual 3d mesh and all of that good stuff um I know from a technology perspective there are a lot of people that like to create things it's almost like um, Like a technology playground.
2: Technology playground. I'm using that from now on, TM. I love
3: that. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what attracted me about it. Um, That you could just learn a lot. And I've learned so much because I work in technology in real life now. And I don't know if I would have had that interest had I not been in Second Life first. But just for your general user, I mean, you know, I think avatars or characters, when we look at gaming, they're pretty advanced. So a lot of people come here just to kind of make this really cool... You know, avatar and dress them up and put them in makeup and you know make them strip <laughs> or what have you. <laughs> um, but then there is that that whole side where you know Second Life has its own economy, so there is just so much potential to make money and from anything that I just mentioned. I mean, from any hobby that you have or any particular skill that you have, you know, you're connecting with thousands of other people at a time. So it's been a really cool place. I think you know. When I think when I first started and I got into Second Life, the easiest way to make money was to provide a service Um, and usually either just being a companion for someone or some sort of like simulated sexual service. But as kind of Second Life's progressed, I think it's just opened it up to, you know, just so much greater potential. So literally anything that you have an interest in, you can find a way to make money and then eventually turn that lending money into actual us dollars wow
2: you're living the american dream yes <laughs> this is so entrepreneurial i'm like can i get puppets to make money in second life i don't know i like that you're like anything you want
0: you can you can monetize. Yes. the answer is yes i don't yes. know Pretty sure yeah, I, honestly,
3: I think i have come across i think right now because we even we um we own a few different Land ownership's another thing that can make money, but we own a few different places around Second Life. And one of them, there was a place that had like a puppet something there was like some sort of puppeteer situation and you know they accepted the tips so i'm like someone does make money off of it
4: <laughs> right, we're
2: so gonna have to connect about that later yeah okay yeah <laughs> let's let's stay on topic we're talking about fucking today <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i was well, speaking of land ownership we do want to get into that in a second just to like to know how this whole thing how you, how you literally like started it um but before we do we're just curious to know is the game is it still popular and growing with people or do you think like this is a community that's been around for a very, very long time? Like there are people who've been on there for like 10 years, for example.
3: So it's a solid mix. So I think, you know, you do have just those avatars who've been around since its inception, but lately, and I, I, you know, it might be just a lot of creator or a lot of people are getting comfortable with creating like YouTube content or Facebook content for second life. And you know, daily from my own. I think our Discord, like we see so many people joining on a daily basis. I think it may just be, you know, everyone at home right now trying to figure out something to do. Um, but it's been growing a lot lately. I would say over the past few years, I haven't seen as much growth as there has been, you know, within the last six months or so. But, you know, you're getting a lot of people though from other platforms similar. So you're getting people from like IMVU or other, I don't know, other internet things. It's terrible. Like Second Life is probably my only like gaming or virtually social thing I've ever done. (laughs) So I don't know where else they're coming from. But um, usually they're coming from somewhere else. So they kind of have experience with this type of platform. Um, But it's bringing with a whole different culture and a whole different outlook. Because I I think, you know, when we looked at sex work in Second Life before, and with some of the older residents, it wasn't as widely accepted as I think it is now. And I think that's because there's just a lot of new people here that are more open minded.
2: But how much do you think it also has to do with quarantine and the fact that they can't get real sex elsewhere unless they follow uh, New York yeah. City guidelines? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot. So, I mean, I don't even know. I, w- I would ask right now. I don't know if we've seen a huge uptick in terms of club clientele during this time. I think it's been we've kind ha- of a steady we've increase. Seen a steady increase.
5: Not a huge increase, but we have noticed there's a lot of. Older, those 12, 13-year-old avatars coming back, still looking like they were from 12, 13 years ago, mm-hmm. popping in because they need something to do. <laughs> 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 they want to get busy.
2: Right, yeah. right. <laughs> How did you decide to start that, the club? And what was the process for designing it?
3: Yeah. So when I decided to start the club, so for me, well, back when I joined Second Life, role play was a big thing. Like people would literally sit together, like writing graphic novels or not graphic novels, like erotic novels, essentially. And I always really enjoyed writing. So when, you know, I came across these places where it was just like erotic writing, I'm like, that's interesting. And I was like, I also feel like people would pay for this. So, um, originally at my time I had, um, or or at that time I had a business partner and we were just like, um, what can we learn from both these role play places we go to and other places that are already like strip clubs and such like that. Um, so those existed first. So we were just like, we want something like that, that one kind of embraces very diverse looking avatars. Cause at the time, nobody wanted like a curvy avatar. Honestly, nobody wanted a brown avatar. So we were like, we need to create a space that, you know, is one for me, someone like me. Um, and then also just somewhere, somewhere um, that people who really enjoy writing can do well and make money from writing. You know,
2: Wait, I really want to hear more so about nobody wanted a brown avatar.:
3: It was very tough. So early second life it was there weren't very many creators that were creating you know brown skins or anything that kind of had African features. If I finally found a skin that looked like it could even <laughs> look the same quality as the next person and also be brown, um, some of the clubs that I was applying to would request that you know you change your avatar color to a white avatar or holy you know, like, shit avatar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: that is so fascinating i'm gonna sound like <laughs> i'm belittling this but i'm not i just want to say uh, black avatars matter
3: yeah no seriously yes. So true. wow, okay. very frustrating back then. And I remember that was like the thing. And it was like normal. People would like ridicule. Cause I mean, we made our shapes differently. I didn't necessarily make my shape to look like a black woman. I think I, I made it to look kind of cartoony. I, you know, I think I always call that out that it's like a Jessica rabbit times 10, um, in terms of shape, but you know, they didn't want the curves. They wanted you to look very, you know, Eurocentric, <laughs> <laughs> very slim. Um, and it wasn't even what the clients were saying. Right. Because at that If I didn't think I had a marketable look, I don't think I would have started, you know, a business with it. But it was really from other club owners who wanted a very specific aesthetic for their club. And at the time, I wasn't it. So that was really why I was just like, well, I'm going to create a space of my own.
2: Okay. I mean, I hate this, but I also love it because every time we do an interview that we think is just going to be like some like crazy kinky thing, there's always (laughs) this like amazing, meaningful backstory.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean I'm upset to hear this, but shit. Yeah.
5: Okay, let's talk about graphics back then though. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh yeah. Because the
5: Mm -hmm. color schemes were like a box of crayons. Yeah. Where (laughs) white was peach and brown was the brown color. And every I call them eraser skins because everybody looked the texture of an eraser, like when you (laughs) erase. (laughs) So graphics were horrible back then, so color mixing was probably very hard.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh,
5: doesn't make it any better.
1: How did you come to Second Life and to the monarchy?
5: Oh, wow, big question. Um, I came to Second Life, actually, I found it on a website looking at health information, and I popped into Second Life and kind of tootled around a bit and made some friends, brought some other family into Second Life with me um and then fast forward to a few years, I met Mila at. Where did I meet you?
3: I think it was at an event. Maybe. It might have been at the Monarchy. I think we I came had a to visit mutual friend. At the monarchy. Right. We yeah. had a mutual
2: friend. I
5: came to visit the club. And then we just started hanging out after that.
2: So the two of you met. And can you tell us uh, more about how this club got started?
3: It took a few years, I think, knowing... Ray, before I got her involved with the club because it's it's a tough situation because people don't quite take business serious because I don't think at the time anyone was making the type of money that we were projecting. So it's hard to find like management teams. So I think, you know, for me, I just want to get very comfortable with people. Um, but originally when I started the club, I had a partner who did not care at all about the business. He was just like there to do I mean he started off as a client so he was also just there to do whatever made me happy. <laughs> I think we were around for maybe a year or two before I even met Ray and at that time we were really small we were like a party club so we would just yeah. you know hire these virtual DJs and they would come and we'd throw parties and there's a you know a chance someone might hire a virtual dancer but I think um as the years went on and avatars started to look better and you know people started or technology improved. So, you know, voice was an option in world now. Um, some of those things changed up. And I think we just started to naturally evolve with it. So we were like, okay, this is what's available technology wise. So how can we create services that'll interest people? Um, but we still stuck to that whole where role play first club, we had a lot of writers on staff and that's what they wanted to do. Um, but then we started to, you know, bringing in girls who did voice or who potentially may have had, um, phone sex work or experience. And, you know, even recently, I think most recently we've brought girls who do, you know, cam services. That's very new for us as well. So within like the past year or so, and we hadn't done that before. So it's just been like a natural evolution over, I don't even know, maybe six years. (laughs) I think so. I think it's been about six years. And I know
5: when I first started working, I say working, but it started off as a friendship. And if she needed somebody to hang out at the club for a little bit, if she was not there, I'd pop in and just kind of help the girls out or land management, which is a whole nother monster. You know, <laughs> it's hard to describe if you don't understand Second Life, but you kind of have to check on things around the land. And I would just do that because I had some experience in that. And then there was a need for a manager, somebody just to kind of help the girls out, um, show them the ropes, guide them. and that's kind of where I started really stepping in on a full-time basis.
2: Yeah. So I'm curious, especially in the earlier days, who was the clientele? Because again, I, in my brain, I'm like, Oh, quarantine. Right. But clearly it's not. So who were the no, no. people in the early days that were attending and also who were, who were these, who were the girls? How did you find them? Because I don't think that, you know, it's not, they're not just like walking around second life, are they? I don't know. So, yeah, yeah. so can you tell us about <laughs> that?
3: Yeah. So early on, it was literally the way I started was just me and my friends. So we had that look that other clubs didn't want. So we were like, all right, so one, I think there's a market to serve here. So originally it was, you know, just me and maybe five or six friends. And then I think at the time I also had a second character. So it was like me plus me and five or six friends. (laughs) Um, and the clients, literally, they are just like roaming around Second Life. So that's a lot of what we did in the beginning. One, we did advertising and we jumped in on social networking. Social network wasn't huge when we started, um, but a lot of it was going places, meeting people, getting to know people. Um, and then letting them kind of know what you do, so it, it was a lot of networking, which I think it still is. Um, but that's how you know. Second Life used to be really busy. There were like these hubs where you could go to a club, you could go hang out. I think as the grid has expanded, people are more you know separated. You know, before we had very few places to go. So anyone you wanted to meet in Second Life, you could go land somewhere, and there would be dozens of people. Um, so that's how we started. And then we also, you know, there are things within the game, like there's Second Life SEO, where you can come up higher in search results. So we made sure to dive into that very early on so people could find us if they wanted to. But it was, it was just a mix between, you know, advertising, search engine optimization, and then just jumping around places and showing off what your avatar looks like and kind of seeing who just was. Just people. Yeah
2: do you think brown and curvier avatars are more accepted is this a battle you're still sort of fighting and how are these changes coming about you know, you know like how much does it have to do with uh awareness clientele or just the technology and design them not having the right colors available like what what has that journey been i mean i think it-
3: People are definitely more accepting. I you know, I always find this hard. Maybe Ray could speak to it because I mm-hmm. haven't really gone to other clubs to like check in what their girls look like, but just seeing from advertisements, like I think for years we were the only club that had a brown girl in like its main club image but now you know we see it more often so i'm like I people see more often yeah m- no. are way more receptive um I don't, I don't i think the client has always been i think now we're dancing that line where how offensive is your fetish but um <laughs> you know there are right. definitely more working it might be too that that you know there are a lot more black skins that are high quality so we don't have to sacrifice quality just to be black anymore um and in terms of curves you know Before, it was kind of awkward to try to make um, an avatar that was made to be skinny, curvy. But now people are making, you know, mesh that can bend and move in certain ways and, you know, skin details that can look a certain way. So it's not quite awkward. So I think, you know, just with quality overall, people are more apt to and more comfortable kind of representing either what they look like in real life or their whatever this I mean, there's also that look where everyone's like going for a Kardashian look right now. So it just might be <laughs> whatever's trendy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah, I think a lot of probably real world trends kind of push that as well.
5: I think in the last five years, Second Life has really allowed creators to add curves to bodies. There's been different different pieces you can add to your body to get the curves you want. Like one time we had uh what were the fake boobs (laughs) where you could just add these bigger (laughs) boobs (laughs) and then it was a bigger ass and it was like all these different things but now we have it all in one in one piece of mesh versus adding
3: little parts to yourself (laughs) it's so hard to describe yeah because you literally you had to so you had a body but you had to buy an ass you had to buy breasts (laughs) like separately so you had these weird things just clumped onto your body it was awkward back then this is blowing
2: my fucking mind Uh, me
3: too i know
2: (laughs) so what what is mesh
1: that is one i do not know
3: (laughs) (laughs) um I actually don't know how to explain it. I think it's. Um, I, <laughs> I, I always compare it to like, you know, when you're a kid and you can have either a paper doll or an actual Barbie doll, like the paper doll is what second life gives you when you first log in. But then we actually get to play you upgrade to a Barbie doll where, you know, it's kind of 3d, you know, it's got texture and shape to it. When people mesh, they use
5: programs, say like Pixar uses to create movies and the animations. So mm-hmm. it's a similar type of program that makes like an, God, I don't even know it's not an animation, but it's like an object that can come into second life that you can use to say drive a car you can use it to add to your body. It comes in as these objects already but there's yeah. different programs out there that make them. God, this is so hard to describe what is mesh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask a follow-up question I think I understand so I want to ask, is is a mesh just any three d object or is a mesh a 3 d object that also has properties, like it drives yes. the car or it's animated yeah. or something.
3: Yes. It's, it's mesh, 3d objects yes. with all of those properties as well. With, yeah. Okay. Mesh does have properties when you bring it
5: into the world. It depends on what you're creating. So say, say so you're bringing in a mesh ball, you want it to be able to bounce. So you'll create it round. Um, it'll have bouncing. Sometimes there's, they call it collision where it bounces off of different things, different ways. So you can set the properties of it when you bring it into Second Life.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. A, a three-dimensional object with physics.
5: There you go. Yeah. See those words, physics. Okay, <laughs> that okay.
0: is it physics. And I just love that it's like you could bring in a ball, you could bring in a race car, or you could bring in boobs. <laughs> right. Whatever you want. <laughs> sure, they all have <laughs> right, right. <laughs> awesome.
1: So, because this is a podcast and we can't really, you know, see what what we're talking about here, I thought it might be helpful to hear. You both describe the monarchy a little bit more and what the experience is like, what the space is like. So if Ali and I were to walk in right now, like yeah, what would it feel like and what would we see?
3: Okay. Yeah. So if you were to land at this moment, everyone ends up at a landing pad where it's almost like walking through a hall of very erotic photos. Um, but those photos lead to every girl that's active during the week. So you'll be able to see pictures of every girl that's there that you could potentially connect with. Um, if you click on them, there's more information about that girl. Um, probably more pictures We're very <laughs> picture oriented. Um, but that's our landing pad. So our club is one of the very few that's, kind of a members only situation. So guests do have to pay for membership. It's, you know, a permanent membership. It's like a group fee. And once they have that on, then they're able to teleport into the actual club. So once you get there, we have this kind of French bordello kind of feel. It's very intimate and it's small for, I think what our numbers are, but we're really focused on, you know, making people, I I always like that whole like 18th century brothel type feel. So it's kind of modeled after that.
2: When you said you can click on more information about the girl, you see photos What else classifies as more information?
3: Yeah, so it'll have um, a brief introduction from the girl. She'll say a little about what she's into, what she likes, what some of her kinks are, what some of her specialties are, um, base level, if she does text, cam, or voice, or a mixture of all three, and then, of course, all of her rates. So it's very much like a menu. Um, I think our landing is set up almost like a website. So you, you have that option to browse, get to know girls before actually landing in front of them if that's what you'd like i we i think we notice a lot of people that come to the club are naturally a little more introverted so they like the space to actually figure out who they like before they actually enter so they can take their time and browse
2: well speaking Uh, of browsing and ordering (laughs) (laughs) we'd love
3: to know what are some of the most popular kinks i think for us we get a lot of the girlfriend experience or no no we get domination more than anything, probably. Yes, we do. I think. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like, what, am I, like, what am I talking about? Like, I think um, we became just known for it. I don't know why. I think it was probably me and Ray that did it because yes. <laughs> we ourselves were people just naturally flock to us and expect domination. Um, even you know when I wasn't working, I'm just like I don't do anything anymore. But people were very interested in it, so we built the club for it. We built all these different like BDSM rooms and like worship rooms, and there's shibari rings all over the place and there's cages everywhere so a lot of people come here for domination and then secondly i think would be the girlfriend experience but i think either they're looking for a relationship they're not looking for like a one-hour session they want something on like ongoing so i think for that i mean people will like pay you know weeks or months at a time i think it's very risky on the client's part because you know anything can happen in a virtual world person could disappear but um yeah that's another thing that we work really hard on making sure that all of our staff is held accountable and that both clients and girls are making wise decisions because you know we're liable for but so much we're like you still have to make a good choice here so Usually, we see weekly. That's what we recommend. We don't recommend people pay for a month because you don't know what happens to a person behind the screen in a month.
2: Okay. uh, What kind of domination are we talking about?
3: (laughs) A lot of it is, um, well, a lot of it's financial domination or just fandom. I think, you know, there are a lot of fandom places or female domination places around Second Life. So when people come to us, they're usually looking for that female domination type stuff and mixed in with financial domination go on to talk about financial Tell us domination yes, because I, yes, I, yeah. I have been waiting for this moment for years. <laughs> yes. You don't, you don't understand. Go on. <laughs> so there's, there's a mix to it. So I think as the Dom, you have a lot of responsibility to really understand your client's limits and what their capabilities are and the fact that they could possibly be lying to you about everything um, because they have this desire for you to really take control over You know, them and their finances, there's always some sort of finance kink behind it. Like, they like to feel controlled in that way. Um, So a lot of people... Yeah, they want to feel completely powerless. They want it to feel like you're taking all of their money. But what people have to realize about Second Life, you know... They're still uploading a certain amount of money. So they're still in control. And I think, you know, a lot of flack that we get for this is that we're just taking advantage of these men. I'm like, they're still uploading what they upload into Second Life. And, you know, that's that's what they're playing with. So it's a little more limited than real life, you know, where someone might go max out a credit card, Second Life doesn't even let you upload past a certain level. Like you can only upload I don't even know what it is, but there's a daily limit. There's a weekly limit and it depends on how old your avatar is. So we're, we're taking from a pool that's already limited beyond there. You kind of have to gauge how much money you can't take from, because a lot of it, you know, sometimes it's, what do we call them? Like draining sessions where (laughs) the client will literally want you to tell them how much money to give you. Every single minute. <laughs> so you're like, oh my God,
2: I yes. need this job. Yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they just give you money? Like, what? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I could talk maybe about one experience specifically, because I think, you know, I still have this like one moment that still blows my mind um, <laughs> about this guy who accumulated so much Linden and world that he was even able to do this. But, you know, you'd meet a sub, they would come to you, um let like, you know they're interested in financial domination. For me, you know, it's tricky because you also don't want to waste your time. So for me, there would be a certain like dollar threshold before I even start the conversation with them. And in this case, I don't know. I think it was like 10,000 Linden, which I don't know even know what that is in real life. Yeah, what, what um, the
2: Linden is the in-game currency? Yeah, that's the currency.
3: Okay. I'm going to have to look up what the conversion is, or maybe yeah. right now. <laughs> so I'm gonna, no yeah, idea. let us know. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So from there, that's when I would start to get to know them. Um, and for me, I ask a lot of questions. I, you know, mine my domination style isn't like, I'm not into demeaning people or anything like that. I think mine is more about control. So, you know, over a week or so, you just naturally start to control this other person and their finances. Cause I've asked so many questions at this point. I, I know so much about this person. Um, and then we would have these like sessions, these findom sessions where, you know, I may have them tied up to, a like BDSM cross or something and, you know, emoting is a part of it. Cause I like to write. So you're writing out a scene for them, you know, but in the process you have them do something and as they're doing it, you're telling them how much money to give you. Um, also if they want to see you do anything, you know, they pay more for it. So it's like everything that is, related to an action as related to a dollar amount. So this one client that came in, you know, we spent hours together and for, this was a couple of years ago. Cause I don't even have the time to do it now, but we <laughs> spent hours together. And I think at the end of it, you know, we were, he had spent about 900,000 London and this is what he had in his own account. And, um, I have to, that, that has to be like close to $1,200 after, for like four hours together, 900,000, 900,000.
5: Well, I know that the 10,000 is roughly about $40, 37 to 40. Cause the Linden market does fluctuate just a bit versus a buy and a take. So,
3: <laughs> yeah, so it was quite a bit of money, but, um, also, you know, I had, I was getting to know him and he knew I was like coming up on a trip soon. I was going to Puerto Rico and he was like, I really want to pay for this trip. And I was like, <gasps> but we had to restrict, I wanted to restrict it to, you know, whatever we were doing, because I also get nervous that if someone just gives me a bunch of money that if they reported it, it could look suspicious. So I'm like, we're going to make sure this is connected to something we were doing that I didn't just take, you know, a thousand bucks from you in a second. $3,500. <laughs> oh, I was thirty five. $3,500. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so that's why i think it's a little different than real life because i think you know in real life with fandom you will get those situations where someone may possibly just want to give you a thousand bucks and um yeah that's that's, kind of it. that's my
2: career change <laughs> that's what i want <laughs> right. all right well as There's I mentioned... the other side of that that you
3: might not want <laughs> uh, I, know. I don't also, know also there are There are a lot to handle. So I think when I stopped, so when I stopped working in the club, that was years ago. That was maybe a year into the club that I stopped taking clients, period. And I transitioned. to. I was like, well, I can entertain subs. It's not going to like come in between me and my real life work. They (laughs) require a lot of attention and a lot of energy that other clients don't like, you know, when an other client walks out of the club, you're like, great. See you next time. For a sub, they want, they want attention 24 seven. They want to be at your foot. 24 7 uh, yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and they they want to make you angry because a lot of them do like um just some of the harsh behavior that comes with bdsm so you know they're pushing your buttons constantly (laughs) um so yeah i I was the money was nice for a second and then i was over that
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay i guess we're (laughs) curious if you have come across any of the following
5: um macrophilia we have and there's like one no we have the one that likes the girls to be giant to be yeah they stretch their bodies out and they're super tall and we'll kind of look in the club and we see this giant girl that doesn't fit our normal average size and we're like oh (laughs) she must be with (laughs) so-and-so
4: yeah because even that little
3: tiny man like or the one that liked to be running he was tiny so he was like the size of a wheel Mm -hmm. so in comparison to an average avatar like she was huge
1: (laughs) wow um what about adult babies or diaper lovers or any of that? We don't I don't get that often, honestly. Of that, yeah. um,
3: okay. Because in SL, it's very tricky because avatars can look young. So when they also have that kink, a lot of the times the avatar looks too young for us. Um, so we don't want to dance into like age play. We're like, right. if you look like a full adult and have that kink, yeah. But I haven't seen anyone do that. They usually come in looking a bit too young with that kink. And we're like, that's, we can't.
1: Right. Um, We've also covered here uh, Bad Dragon, where it's like dildos that are like of different like mythical creatures, or um, we've definitely covered furries on this podcast a lot. So, and I think I heard in the video, somebody say that sometimes people come in like who aren't human. So I guess like, what have some of those experiences been like? Like, what are people coming in as if they're not human?
3: Yeah, we have a bunch of furries that come in. Usually they're what, like foxes or wolves? I believe they're foxes or wolves when they come in. Yeah. Big, we Sometimes, though, we have the giant... What are they? I don't even know what, if they're an animal. Like, centaur-type things. Like, they're huge. And they're, like, too big for our build, so they usually have to go somewhere else. But we have a few of those that come in. Um, we've had a dog. Just a flat-out, normal-looking dog. What did the dog want done? <laughs> well, I, the dog that's been in recently has just been watching dances. out. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Cool, cool, cool. It sounds like a dog. <laughs>
3: <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure there are, you know i'm sure i mean if there's porn for it it most likely has happened in second life too so i'm pretty sure there's been escort sessions with a dog oh for sure yeah
1: we would love to know what are some of the most realistic animations and motion captures that are happening like what are the things that you think like we could go in there and see and be like oh my god that's just like the real thing or even better
3: (laughs) yeah i think um so we do have this one particular sofa that we keep on the second level completely out in the open so if anyone wanted to get them on that sofa, they've probably got an audience. Um, but it's by this one creator who's creating all these motion capture, really rough sex scenes. So, you know, don't know about realistic, but it's the most, I mean, realistic in terms of, you know, what the animations look like. It's the most realistic I've seen, but in terms of like, are people having sex like this daily? I don't know. Um, because it's really intense, <laughs> but you know, it looks like two humans moving. I think everything else you can kind of tell was created for a game. Like the animations aren't as natural. Um, but over the years, again, that's something else that's developed a lot. So we have a lot of furniture around the club. Like even the dances on the poles look pretty realistic. I think they're all motion capture. But motion capture wasn't huge a couple of years ago. So that's slowly been taking over. You know what? This is
2: great because I've actually been to a sex dungeon and the cleaning that's involved is intense. (laughs) But you guys don't have to worry about that at all. Right. No. That's nice. (laughs) That's the convenient part. Right. (laughs) What are the ways that people can sort of level up so you can sort of interact with avatars? Is it just what it sounds like? Right. You can Mm -hmm. sort of chat back and forth. And then you can order essentially phone sex or webcam. How does that work?
3: Yeah, so it's just like that. So we we consider ourselves, it. like, text first. <laughs> you really did. Um, so we're text first. So naturally, if you go into the club, girls are going to be typing to you. And if you tip them, they're going to write out a scene for you, um, walk you over to a pool, but also kind of write set the scene, write it in text. You would have to be the one to inquire about other services. But, you know, as you're getting to know the girl, she also may be kind of recommending. It's, it's literally, like, upselling. So if you're, you know, in a shoe store and you want them to get a handbag as well, it's similar to that. So um, throughout your time with her, she may also, you know, say what else is possible. And it's just up to the client to choose how far they want to go and what they want to get into for the day.
1: And for most of this, are people controlling their own avatar or do you like give up control of your avatar to the other person sometimes?
3: Um, There's a mix of both. So if you're a client there for Domination, usually you might give someone else access to your avatar through something called What is it? It's called Uh, restrained love. Yeah. RLV. So restrained love something. And that gives them complete control to, you know, walk you somewhere, sit you down, stand you up, animate you. Um, When it's a consensual situation, or I guess that is consensual. I don't want to dance there, but um, (laughs) when it's something where you both have control of your avatars, anything that you sit on your partner can animate you as well. So you could either choose animations or the girl could choose animations, but yeah, so there's a mix
1: a little bit more about the connection that is formed with clients. Like you said, some are for the longer term. Um, but how far do relationships go and do they ever go beyond the monarchy?
3: Yeah. So I think that's just because we t- tend to attract people that want something a little more regular or long-term. Um, relationships do form, you know, where one, already very much more comfortable opening up about what interests us and what interests us sexually to people online that we may have never met before. Um, So naturally, when you get to a point where you're opening up about some of what may be some of your deepest, darkest fantasies that you absolutely would never even consider living out in the real world, you tend to connect with the person you're telling this all to. So we've seen some like pretty solid friendships form, especially because some of these, you know, clients, they'll come back, for years. I think we've had clients in there that have been coming for years, maybe not always with the same girl, but um, you know, you just form friendships. And we have seen, I think, you know, we had one of our highest (laughs) yeah, we had our one of our highest tipped girls got married to our highest tipping client. In second life in real life. Oh yeah. In second life, I don't know what their relationship is in real life, but I think Uh, they are connected somehow in real life. Wow. And they are still together. And I remember when he first started coming to the club, you know, he was ranting and raving about her. He was like, create a review process because I want to tell you all about this girl all the time. <laughs> um, so he absolutely wow. just loved what she offered. He thought she was a great writer. And they were all texts originally. I don't think they even voiced with each other. Um, so they just <laughs> built such a solid friendship like over several months and ended up. Do,
2: do you know if they've met
3: in real life? I don't know. But I know they, they speak. A lot, <laughs> like I know they now chat voice and all of that. So I don't know how far it's gone.
5: Wow! And they YouTube together also. Yeah. What do you mean? They, I believe they have a YouTube
3: channel what? together.
2: where they like blog about their relationship? Oh my god, this is a whole other wormhole. <laughs> no, they no, don't talk about their relationship. I'm <laughs> like, I don't want to like call what them is out how
3: <gasps> they met there. But they um they talk just about Second Life things and Second Life fashion. <laughs>
2: oh, oh. So
3: fun.
5: I believe they probably they probably communicate outside of SL either through discord or their, or the phone because they've had to voice by now. Mm-hmm. Okay. You would think so. But, yeah. okay.
2: but is it, is it, you were mentioning a lot of people pay for the girlfriend experience. Is this just a leveling mm-hmm. up of that where now he pays for like the wife experience? Like what?
3: <laughs> is, So in a lot of cases we see the girl stays in the club. Um, in this case, she left to just be with him. A lot of times though, we do see, even if they establish a real relationship, there's still something that, Brought them both to the club. So there's still something the girl likes about that environment or possibly being spoiled or, you know, whatever it may be. And there's something, yeah, there's something the guy still likes. So a lot of the times you find these two people that still, although they like each other, he still liked having, you know, the idea of paying a stripper or an escort or something. So it, it is like a level up, like they have a real relationship. But, you know, now he's giving her, we'll say it's an allowance now versus I'm just giving you a tip. But a lot of the times we find that no matter what the relationship is, these are still two people that had some sort of finance kink.
2: This is amazing. This is everything I thought I was going to be in more. (laughs) Are you finding that the stigma behind sex work is lessening as it becomes more accepted in in virtual and real life spaces? Like, is Second Life part of that change? I just want to hear all your thoughts on that.
5: Right, I think in Second Life, uh, the stigma has lessened. It's not as bad as it used to be. I know when I first started in Second Life, and I think I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because of the Monarchy, but I noticed at the Monarchy that we have a lot of girls that are in different communities outside of the club, whether it's sororities, um, groups that give to causes, and things where you wouldn't necessarily see someone in that type of group be a sex worker, mm-hmm. and they're openly saying, Hey, we work at the monarchy. I'm a sex worker. This is what I do. And by the way, I'm going to raise money for charity over here with my sorority.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Amazing. It it
5: seems more open now than it used to be.
2: Well, one of our questions
1: from our discord, uh, we have a few questions that we wanted to just throw out there to wrap up today. One of them from Chad is, do you have any thoughts on what legal protection or support structures you would like to see for real life sex workers?
3: I do, and it's it's crazy because I think Ray and I started talking about this the other day because you know I'm coming from a place where I wasn't all that educated on you know legislature when it came to sex work, but the other day I was just like, Why is sex work illegal? and I remember I started looking up like what our original like when these laws were formed and like what the thought process was behind it, and a lot of the arguments on you know why even just escorting in real life you know and, and person is illegal and a lot of it's behind they think it'll increase crime or increase trafficking and i'm like that almost seems opposite it seems because it's legal that there's a higher demand for all of this so I, I don't know yes <laughs> you know short answer <laughs> i think um it doesn't quite make sense to me some of the stuff that isn't legal so i think there's a lot of reform that needs to be looked at a few more
1: questions from our discord so from Zichi. uh they would like to know how will the concept transcend to the VR world? Yeah. So how is VR incorporated into this, if at all, or how is it heading in that direction?
3: Yeah, so Ray may know a little more than I do. I know you can use a VR headset in Second Life. I don't quite know the capabilities because Second Life or Linden Labs, who make Second Life, focused a lot of their time, energy, and resources on this project called Sansar, which was a virtual reality platform, much like Second Life, but for VR. They recently completely let go of that project. So I don't know how much of that effort they're going to put into Second Life now. Um, But all I know is that you can use a VR headset. I don't know what the experience is like. Right. But I know it's possible. I
5: haven't heard anything from our girls who have had that experience or have been asked for that experience. Oculus was working with Second Life at one point to incorporate that into Second Life. But like she said, when they moved over to Sansar, that kind of went with Sansar. And so it kind of faded off for the most part.
1: And then Intimacy Gandhi would like to know, uh, does the owner, Mila, plan on retiring? And do you have plans for what to do when that time comes?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, technically I'm retired. (laughs) I think, um, (laughs) just as the owner and creator, what I wanted to do over the course of a couple of years was to figure out kind of a plan that would allow me to explore other venues in second life and also just make space for changes that were happening in real life. You know, I had a huge career change a couple of years ago, so I knew I wouldn't have the time for this. So I did completely step away as being, you know, involved in the day to day. So that now is Raina's job along with another manager. Um, (laughs) So basically they completely manage all the other girls. We have two supporting managers that also help with events and putting on productions. Um, and I, you know, it's my charge to meet with these four people once a week and we go over things and just make sure things are running smoothly. And I, you know, continue to build. So I think, you know, every time I have the opportunity to come in and, just fix something in the club or anything like that. That's what I'm there for. But in terms of like day-to-day, I'm not involved anymore. Um, And I think, you know, if it ever comes to the point where I do need to step away, I think, you know, we'll be in good hands. (laughs) You know, we've got a pretty (laughs) solid team, but I don't have any intention of completely (laughs) leaving. I think, you know, I'll at least have my hand in it. Almost surely, uh, somebody on our Discord, a
1: listener of the show, says, have you requested custom assets, be it artwork or code for the club? And uh, have you done that for a client? And if so, what was it?
3: Yeah, we get requests like that often, um, but it's not necessarily anything we have to import. You know, there's just so much in Second Life that if someone wants you to dress up a certain way or they want to be able to do something animation-wise, it usually exists in Second Life. So you know, at their cost, of course, oh, we right. would be able to find something to meet whatever fantasy they have, and that, that's another part of like why we have so many spaces on our our region or our sim, which is the land where our club is. Is you know, we could really create whatever scene somebody wants.
5: I think a big request lately has been two girls on two or three girls on one pole together. Oh, <laughs> that's oh been yeah. a huge request!
2: Two girls, one pole. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Well, I'm just gonna end that here. (laughs) That's.
1: Well, there were so many, as you said, Allie, just like uh, layers (laughs) to what we were talking about, and uh, you know, as we discovered, touched upon a lot of things that we have covered or have wanted to cover in this podcast, (laughs) like. Who knew that this would be the onion that like encapsulates so much about two girls, <laughs> one podcast? It's so cool.
2: Uh, well, and timely with social movements. Oh like, my God. Yeah. Crazy. I had no yeah. idea.
1: I had no idea either.
2: Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. That once she said it, I was like, oh yeah, racism online as well. Got it. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: But just that bias that was like baked into the platform in the beginning right. of like, we just don't like this has been a complaint in a lot of video games of like, I'm a person of color and I can't. I can't play as me in the game because the game is limited. Like that's a larger discussion of um, identity in in gaming too.
2: Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So Matt, you've seen this before in other games or.
0: Oh yeah. I I mean, in the, in, in the olden days, it was like, here's your character. It's just a white guy fighting, fighting the bad guys. That's all you get. And then in later it's like, Oh, customize your character. But it's really mostly Anglo-European archetypes. And only just recently, and, and there have been many progressive games that have bucked those stereotypes, but like, again, Animal Crossing is a great example of like, it's a Japanese game, it's usually just the stereotypical, here's a little cute white character, and here's a little cute a cute white guy, cute cute white girl, you know, that was it. And in the latest iteration, people have been so excited of like, all the skin tones are there, I can finally be me, like that's that's been a big discussion and a big um, thumbs up.
2: So many things in an online brothel. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm going to get started on my fin dom and my glory holes. So I'll see you kids later. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you have any more, uh, creative ways you're abiding by the New York City sex <laughs> guidance, uh, let us know. You can tweet me at Allie Gold,
1: A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. And me at Junebugger J-O-O-N-B-U-G-G-E-R. You can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. We always love to hear from you. Also, you can text or call us and leave us a voicemail, which is so awesome. That number is... 347-871-6548 seven.
4: Seven, That number again, 347- seven. 871 6548 Quit.
1: That number is also in the show notes. So, you know, if you were furiously trying to jot that down with a <laughs> pen you couldn't find, like, don't worry about it. It's in the show notes. Um, also, visit our Discord, discord.gg2g1p. As you could hear on today's show, we often get questions from you for our interviewees. So please do come there. Uh, and there is a lot of fun conversations that are happening. Ali, if they would like to contribute, how do they do it?
2: Visit patreon.com2g1p. Uh, this is a strange time right now national upheaval we recommend you supporting many causes um supporting minority-owned restaurants and bookstores but after all that if you've got another dollar to spare please visit patreon.com slash 2g1p any contribution really helps it's still a tough time for artists as well and it helps us keep making this show all right folks we will see you next time thanks so much for joining us Is hosted by Allison Goldberg
0: and Jennifer Jamula, then enhanced with a variety of meshes in all the right places. I mean, produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of the Daily Dot, the number one source for in depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglamour, a sonic universe. We
4: all use devices to connect to the internet and whatnot.